scripture reading is from Psalm 16, the word of the Lord. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. As for the saints who are in the land, they are the glorious ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those will increase who run after other gods. I will not pour out their libations of blood or take up their names on my lips. For you are assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me even at night. My heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let our Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures in your right hand. The word of the Lord. Well, let me add my words of welcome and greetings this morning. We are so excited that you have joined us here at Eastern Nazarene College. And what a great way to begin the first day of the academic year right here in chapel together. It has been said that you should begin with the end in mind. It is much easier to end well if you begin well. So today is the beginning of a new year. Think about that. Some of you are beginning this year wishing you had carefully considered that fact on this very day last year. And a few of you are you beginning your college, or quite a few of you are beginning your college career today and your whole journey as a college student is before you. The seniors are completing your last year, preparing to move into the next phase of your journey. <clears throat> the choices you have made and will make during these years will impact the opportunities that are available to you after graduation. We make choices each day that impact not only our future, but also the lives of those around us. The collection of choices that we make over a lifetime determine the legacy that we will leave, positive, negative, or maybe neither. Webster defines legacy as something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or predecessor or from the past. We often think of our legacy as what we will leave behind, maybe financially, or how we will be remembered. How will others think of us once we are gone? Unfortunately, you may have seen, have seen a recent ad, which I won't call the name of the company, but a clothing ad that said this. The first day of school, your one chance to submit, cement your legacy of awesomeness. Well, let me tell you that you are all awesome today, regardless of what you chose to wear. And I hope you have already learned before you arrived at Eastern Nazarene College that awesomeness is not about the clothing that you wear. And you have more than one day to cement your legacy of awesomeness. But I hope you will also think about awesomeness and legacy in terms of character and inner traits rather than thinking about it as outward traits 
and what you might be wearing today. You may think that legacy is something you begin to think about after retirement. However, now is actually the time to begin to think about your legacy. How is it that you would want to be remembered as a student at Eastern Nazarene College? And how would you want to be remembered later? Choice or choices, plural, sound like two very simple words. Yet our legacy is determined by the choices we make, both big and small, every day. Now, we know that each of you have already made at least one fantastic choice in your life. You chose to be a student at Eastern Nazarene College, and that was a great choice. So you have a good track record so far. Sometimes being president of Eastern Nazarene College is the best job in the, in the whole world. And today I want to tell you a couple of stories about just how wonderful this job can actually be if you're thinking that maybe someday you would like to be president. Having the opportunity over these last years to get to know Dr. Ruth Cameron and Mrs. Peggy Ledoux is one of those times. Today I want to tell you the stories of these two women who chose to live their lives in a way that will continue to impact lives for generations and generations to come. Their legacies are already characterized by words like generous, encouraging, positive, selfless, sacrificial, and great women of faith. Prayer warriors who believed in a God of miracles and faithfulness. Their lives were rooted in a strong faith in God that impacted their daily lives in a mighty way and provided for the generosity they shared with others. Dr. Cameron's life actually embodied Dean Bertha Monroe's famous quote, There is no conflict between the best in education and the best in Christian faith. She was a scholar par excellence, and you'll hear a little more about that. Yet she was literally firmly grounded in the word of God and her faith. On the surface, these two ladies would appear to have led very different lives. Dr. Ruth Cameron was a scholar who held a Ph.D. in literature from Boston University. Peggy, on the other hand, never attended college and was chief cook at a nursing home. Dr. Ruth died on May 11, 2013, at the age of 84. Peggy died just a few weeks later on June 16, at the age of 95. As far as I know, these two ladies never met, but one of the characteristics they shared was their deep love for students at Eastern Nazarene College, for you, whether they knew you personally or not. As I tell you more about these two ladies, maybe you can pick up a few more similarities between the two. Many of you have known Dr. Ruth Cameron or you've known of her, or you will as you walk around this campus it's difficult to talk about Dr. Ruth Cameron without also thinking of Dr. Jim Cameron or vice versa. They were a team, both alums of ENC, both having taught for many years here at the college. And living just a few blocks away, they frequented the campus often. Well, actually, Dr. Jim Cameron still frequents the campus often. You will see him speeding on his walks through the campus, coming and going from Canterbury. He'll be um, guesting in some of the classes this semester, and I believe he's sitting on the platform behind me today. The following is from Dr. Ruth Cameron's obituary. There were two things that gave Ruth enjoyment in her life, teaching and cooking. She also led an adult Bible study group at Wollaston Church of the Nazarene for 35 years, which gave her much spiritual nourishment and many close friends. 
An honors graduate of Eastern Nazarene College, she later obtained her master's and doctorate degrees from Boston University. She taught at Eastern Nazarene College for over 40 years and was honored by being named to the Monroe Professor of Literature Endowed Chair. And let me add that there are only two individuals that have held that very prestigious chair. She was a role model to many young women who admired her career path and sought her advice as they ventured out on their own. She will be remembered for her kindness, hospitality, and gracious personality. Family was also important to Ruth, and she took much delight in spending time with her grandchildren and great-grandchildren. She also loved to travel and traveled extensively to Europe over the years with her husband and other friends. As the word went out on Facebook of Ruth's death, unsolicited tributes from alumni began pouring in from across the country, and you may have read some of those. Here are just a few representative quotes. Her kind, quiet manner was such a huge part of my ENC experience, but there was a spine of steel behind it. I loved hearing her read poetry in class, especially when she did it in Old English. Oh, and her raspberry jam on crumpets when she had the English majors over for tea. Such great memories of a great lady. Another alum said, the discipline of research and applying that discipline at all levels of inquiry. Her firm belief in the steadfast love of God and that she called me her catfish in Sunday school class because I could always find something to stir things up. I'll never forget the laughter the day she rigged a phone to ring on the chapel pulpit. I think it probably was this very one and said, hello, this is Dr. Ruth. What a remarkable woman. Her kindness, love for all ages, master teacher, and raspberry pie, a true lady. Common themes you are hearing here, master teacher, kindness, steadfast love of God, raspberry pie or jam, and great sense of humor. I met the doctors Cameron, Jim and Ruth, on one of my very first visits to ENC and left with two signed copies of ENC's history, The First 50 Years and the Spirit Makes a Difference by Dr. Jim Cameron. He not only teaches history, he wrote the history. Early during my first year, they invited me to their home for a traditional New England Sunday dinner with Dr. Ruth's famous raspberry pie, of course. Their warm smiles and hospitality, as well as the engaging conversation as we talked about their involvement at ENC through the years, was a warm welcome for me to this great college and community. One of the ways that I, as a newcomer, have become a part of the ENC legacy is through individuals that have become my friends, like the Camerons and others in this community, who helped me to know the story and to live the story and the legacy of Eastern Nazarene College. When she was still well and able to get out by herself, she often took walks through the campus, and every once in a while she would stop in our office and sit and rest for a little while. If I happened to catch her when she was taking a little rest, I would always get a smile and a hug. didn't matter where she was. She always had time for a smile, a positive word, and a hug. You can see from the smile in her pictures that she knew how not to take herself too seriously, even though she was a scholar and to just have fun. Dr. Ruth taught several generations of ENC students to love Shakespeare and great literature. 
She and Dr. Jim modeled until the day she died the many different facets of a Christian marriage. Some of you saw Dr. Jim pushing her in her wheelchair around the campus on Friday afternoon, the day before she died. And every once in a while, as she would do, she would get out, walk for a little ways, get back in the wheelchair, and then try it again. For the ones of you that saw her that day, she was smiling. She was happy to be on her beloved campus in front of her beloved church and with her beloved campus. The Camerons have not only been fully invested in the lives of students, alums, and faculty and staff, but they've also lived frugal lives and been very generous financially with the college. As I listened the day of her funeral to her children, grandchildren, former student and pastor describe their relationship with her, here are some of the words and phrases they used and that I wrote down that day. A life fully invested, scholar, homemaker, mother, wife, Sunday school teacher, supermom before it was supported or in vogue. While each of those are great descriptors and are very much a part of the legacy she leaves for us and for ENC, I want you to especially remember this one that has stuck with me for these last two or three months as I have thought about that. A life fully invested. What would that mean for you if your life was fully invested? Or maybe more importantly, what is it you are fully investing your life in? Would it mean, like Dr. Ruth, that it was fully invested in developing your intellectual ability in the things of God and in the people around you? It's a choice. You make that choice today by the little choices you make along the way. It was a great privilege at homecoming last year to dedicate the auditorium and the student center as the Ruth A. Cameron Auditorium. When you walk through the door to the Ruth Cameron Auditorium, or when you pass it every day, several times a day, on your way to the calf, don't just take it for granted. Be reminded of a life fully invested who chose to be positive, encouraging, steadfast, and generous, even in the midst of challenges. On May 24th, 2013, was another one of those days when this was just the best job in the whole world. I had the opportunity that day to present a plaque to Miss Peggy Ledoux, making her an honorary alum of Eastern Nazarene College. I wish I could say that it was my idea to do that, but I get to be the recipient and do all of the fun things when others on the staff have great ideas like this one. Peggy was 95, and she was very vibrant that day. I I commented that she seemed more vibrant than just about any time I had seen her. And yet, in just a few weeks, on Sunday afternoon, June 16th, she went to be with the Lord. Now, you may be asking, who is Peggy Ledoux, and why was that such a special day? I first met Peggy eight years ago, and have had the privilege of visiting with her at least once every year since 2005. I was always, no matter what, greeted with a smile and an eagerness to hear what was happening at ENC and how the students were doing. She was far more concerned with you than she was with me. Each time, sometime during our visit, she would present me with an envelope containing a check for anywhere from $1,000 to $25,000 for the ENC fund for current year scholarships. 
She liked seeing me, and her face kind of lit up when I walked in the room, and we had great conversation. But her greatest joy was presenting me with that little plain white envelope with that check to bring back so that you could do just what you are doing here today. So what is Peggy's connection to ENC? Why does she care about ENC anyway? Dr. Scott Turcott did a great job telling her story in the last issue of The Christian Scholar, and if you want to be reminded, just pick that up and you can read that again. But I will summarize some of his points and add a few of mine. Peggy grew up in rural Iowa, one of five children. Her mother taught them early to love the Lord and the importance of giving to support the work of the kingdom. They didn't have much, so on Sunday mornings she gave the children a nickel to be exchanged for five pennies, and they each had a penny to put into the offering at church. When Peggy was nine, her mom could no longer care for all the children, and they were sent to live with other families. Peggy was adopted by a couple old enough to be her grandparents who treated her more like a servant than a child. They didn't support her in her desire to go to church and serve the Lord, but even at nine years old, Peggy found a church and remained faithful. In spite of the way they treated her, she stayed with them into her adult years and actually cared for them until their deaths. She told me many times about the fourth grade Sunday school class she taught during those years and how much she loved those children. She would just glow and she could still call them by name. Of course, Peggy's face always glowed, so it didn't matter what or who she was talking about. She had a glow about her. She told me many times that her dream during some of those years was to be the cook in a local nursing home. After her first husband died, she saw an opening advertised for the kitchen and applied, eventually working her way up to the chief cook and loving every minute of it. She had many good years there serving and ministering at the nursing home. Sometime after her first husband passed away, Peggy met ENC alumnus Myron Ledoux while she was waiting to get her car repaired. They had chatted there in the waiting room, and as she was leaving, he asked her if he could have her phone number. And she was very cute when she said, and I gave it to him. <laughs> he, he did take a couple of weeks to call, and she was beginning to wonder if he was going to call, but he did. She often talked about what a wonderful man he was and said her 15 years with him was the best of her life. They traveled together literally around the world, and she said he treated her like a queen. On one of their trips, he brought her right here to ENC to visit his beloved alma mater. She enjoyed the beautiful campus, and she was so excited to meet many of the people here on campus that he had talked about through the years. Myron, as a young man, had saved $1,200 to come to college which in 1936 was a huge sum of money. And I didn't go back and do the math, but that may have paid for his four years at college. He lost it all just before college started when the bank failed, and he was unsure of how he would fulfill his dream to come to college. He was basically penniless at that point. With the help and support of ENC staff and administration, he was given an opportunity to work for his education and to go ahead and come to ENC He and Peggy wanted to give back to the college as a way of reinvesting in the school that had helped him achieve his dream of a college education. They have endowed scholarships totaling approximately $250,000 that have been given to students through the years. 
After Myron's passing, Peggy lived modestly in a little four-room cinder block house and remained a loyal supporter of Eastern Nazarene College, giving to the ENC fund. Her modest lifestyle has allowed her to leave a rather substantial estate gift to the college, over $700,000 that will be added to those scholarship funds and be a part of that endowment that will just about quadruple the number of students that will be able to be helped each year from those just those scholarship funds. Just since 2009-10, that academic year, these funds have assisted 44 students with their education, and 15 of those students are still here. You can see on the screen pictures of some of these Ledoux Scholarship recipients on Thank You Night. When you come to Thank You Night, as many of you do each year, and you write those personal notes to donors, those notes, just be assured that they are very significant and that there are donors like Peggy that read them over and over again, hearing what you have to say to them. They take your pictures, and often we have put some of your pictures together in a collage for Peggy so that it could hang right there on her wall, and she would see that every day, and as she did, she prayed for you. Their generous investment in the mission of ENC has allowed them to impact the lives of many students over the years, many that they have never had the privilege to meet, nor will they. One alum, Karen Russell, Russell Corbin, truly appreciated the support of the Ledoux when she was a student, and she has stayed in touch with Peggy all these years since 1982. On one of my first visits with Peggy, she said one of the first questions she asked me was, do you know... Um, Karen Corbin. Fortunately, I had just met Cor Karen, and I could say, yes, I do. And she said, well, she is one of my closest friends. Peggy endured many physical challenges in the final years of her life, including the amputation of the lower portion of her left leg earlier this year, yet she remained positive to the end. The last time Dr. Scott Turcott visited with her in early April, she, Jay Burgers, and Scott sang in the garden the hymn together. That was her very favorite hymn, and on Sunday afternoon, June 16th, as she was going on to be with the Lord, Rosalie, Jay's wife, was playing that hymn for Peggy. When I visited the last time on May 24th, <clears throat> Peggy, Jay, Rosalie, and I also sat in the little courtyard there at the nursing home and sang hymns. I wish I could tell you that it was four-part harmony, Dr. Shetler, and um, that it was very harmonious. It was not. I think um, I felt bad for the people around that were having to listen. Um, I, I think we were in four different keys most of the time. <clears throat> but, you know, it was quite harmonious. Because the smile on Peggy's face as she sang those hymns and she knew every word, um, we felt the presence of God. And the rest of us actually knew that we were sitting in the presence of one of God's very dear saints. You know, I've watched Peggy over these eight years lose most of her teeth and then her left leg. Yet her smile never changed, nor did her love for the Lord or for the students at Eastern Nazarene College. I asked her that afternoon in May. It was hot um, and, and fairly breezy that afternoon, and, and we were sitting there, and she was just beaming, and um, realizing that she's sitting there in a wheelchair. She can't get up and walk. You know, one of her legs is gone. 
Um, and she was just happy. And I said, Peggy, how do you stay so positive no matter what? And it didn't take her but just a second to give me a very deep theological, very profound answer. She said, it's a choice. It's a choice. And she had made that choice daily, that no matter what, she was going to be positive. She said, I do my best, and then I take one step up. I do my best, and then I take one step up. It's probably all that could be asked for any of us, that we do our best and then take one step up. I always walked away from my visits with Peggy feeling a bit convicted of the times when I could have made a choice to be positive and I didn't. Of the times when I've been ungrateful for the many blessings of God in my life, instead choosing to focus on the hardships of the moment. Wondering what might have been different if I had always chosen to see the blessings of God and the opportunities hidden in even the difficult moments of life. There were only about 16 people at the graveside service for Peggy Ledoux, but her legacy will live on through the lives of students here at Eastern Nazarene College for years to come. You all, many of you in this very sanctuary today, will carry on the legacy of Peggy Ledoux and of Dr. Ruth Cameron. Hopefully, her story will be given to scholarship recipients on Thank You Night, and they will be inspired to be like Peggy and Myron and to invest their lives in others. So what about your legacy? What choices are you making? And what choices are you going to make, even today? When many of you write notes to donors and have your pictures taken on Thank You Nights to send to them, I hope you'll stop and thank the Lord for individuals who give because they believe it is significant for you to have the opportunity to attend a Christian liberal arts college. Individuals like Dr. Ruth Cameron, who invested her intellect and time in students as well as her finances, and individuals like Peggy, who never had the opportunity to go to college, yet lived a very frugal life and gave so that others could attend a Christian college. It begins with the little choices that we make each day of how we will use our time and how we will respond in a situation. Peggy could have been bitter as a legitimate response to what life had given her in those early years, but she said, it is a choice to be positive, and I make that choice. Both of these women quietly and faithfully obeyed God in their spheres of influence and will continue to influence generations to come, and especially here at Eastern Nazarene College. Psalm 16 that was read earlier by Professor Buckley was one of Dr. Cameron's favorite scripture passages. I would like to think that it also describes Peggy's outlook on life. Would you stand with me and read this with me in closing, taking these words to heart and thinking of your refuge in the Lord? Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, 
They are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you alone portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. One of the favorite verses out of this was verse 6 for Dr. Cameron. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Keep that thought with you as you go through the day. And at this time, Dr. Josie Owens is going to come and lead us in our dismissing prayer. We give him praise today. Amen. Amen. Father God, Lord, we just thank you for this blessed day. We thank you for this first chapel. We thank you, Lord, uh, that we can come in the middle of day and praise your holy name. And, Lord, you have said in your word that if we ask for wisdom, that you will give it to us. And so, Father, we pray that you'll be with each and every student and each and every faculty member here. Uh, Lord, that you will give us the wisdom, the discernment to know the things that we need to do and be and see and to develop and to know the legacy that you have for each and every one of us. Father, you have said that you will guide us in all things, and that you have said that you will be at our right hand. Father, we give you praise. We love you with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And we thank you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And the church says, amen. Amen. Praise God.